Today's daf is Gitin daf Samach Beis, and we have three lines from the top of daf Samach Beis Amid Aleph. Heyid Rabbi Yosi ben Amishulim Mishum Rabbi Yochanan Ach. Today's daf is being learned. Leilu Nishmas Chayim Melazar ben Yibadol Chayim Rabbi Shimshon So we're in the middle of a digression, which is really where we've been for the last month or so. But specifically, the Mishnah and daf Samach Aleph Amid Aleph discussed. A woman that's chashuda al a woman that is chashuda on the laws of Trumasumaisris, on the laws of Toma Vitahira. And from there, we got into a, a more detailed discussion of different halachas that result from a person engaging with someone that's chashid on all these different halachas. Today's daf is going to begin quoting a Tosefta in Mesechtis Tamei, which is Me'inyan le'inyan ba'oysa inyan. Zoch de Gemara. Heyed Rab Yoisi ben HaMeshulam, Mishum Rab Yoichanon Achiv, She'omar Mishum Rab Elazar ben Chisma. So, Rab Yoisi ben HaMeshulam said Eitos. He said, I heard in the name of my brother, whose name was Rab Yoichanon, who said over in the name Rab Elazar ben Chisma, the following Chiddush. Ein oisin chalas am ha'aretz b'tahayra. If a... Amoaretz, someone that is not careful in the laws of Tumataira, someone that's ordinarily not careful in the laws of Chumas Maestris, goes over to someone that is careful, someone that is a chafer. And he tells him, Will you please be mafrish chala from my dough? So the halacha is, the chafer is not allowed to do that. Now, it's a chiddish. Why not? I mean, this is a person that wants to do the right thing. He wants to be mafrish chala. It sounds like. It's a chiddish because usually Yam Aretz did not want to be mafresh chala, but this person does want to. The chaver has to tell him, I apologize, but it's something I'm not allowed to do. And the reason is as follows. The reason is because we're concerned that maybe the dough that this Yam Aretz is delivering to the chaver is tame. If the chaver is now going to be mafresh chala, the chala by definition is also going to be tame. A kayin is not allowed to eat challah that's tummy. Now, ordinarily, if an amaretz would go over to a kayin and say, I have challah, take it. The kayin's going to know, one second, I can't eat it. How do I know it's not tummy? I know you're from a sect of people that aren't so careful when it comes to the laws of tummy v'tahayra. But in this case, if the chaver is going to be the one that's going to be mafresh to challah, you know what's going to happen? It's going to have a hashkocha on the wrapper that's going to say that challah was taken from the chaver. The kayin... When he now gets the challah and he sees the hashkacha on it, he's going to say, it's kosher. He's going to say, everything must be fine. So it's for that reason, the chaver is prohibited. He's not allowed to be mafresh challah because we're concerned it's tameh. The challah is going to be tameh. The person that's taking it from the amaretz is not going to think that it's tameh. Why? Because if the chaver was mafresh it, it's probably okay. And it's for that reason, the halach is, ein oisen challah samaretz betahayra, uh, a chaver is not allowed to be mafresh chala from the amaoretz's dough. However, what he is allowed to do is he's allowed to prepare the dough for him and afterwards and remove the chala. Meaning, if the amaoretz shows up at the chaver's door and he delivers dough and he says, will you please be mafish chala? He can't do it. If, however, he doesn't show up with the dough, but he shows up with wheat and he asks the chaver, will you please grind it and will you then knead it and do everything that needs to be done? And oh, by the way, and also be mafish chala, then it's going to be okay. The reason the Rishonim explain is because in that case, 
we assume that maybe the wheat that was delivered to the Chavar was not yet Huxha Lekabal Toma. Being that it wasn't yet Huxha Lekabal Toma, it wasn't yet prepared to be in a situation where it even would be Tomei if it came in contact with Toma. So there, we're not concerned that it's Tomei. If we're not concerned that it's Tomei, so then you don't have to worry about it. In the case where he actually shows up with the dough, then it's Mokshul Kabel Toma. And by the way, once there's dough, we're assuming there's water inside of it already, so for sure it was Mokshul Kabel Toma. If it's Mokshul Kabel Toma, it's Chashanan Toma, we assume it's Tomei. If you're going to be Mafrish Chala, the Chala is going to be Tomei. The person taking it from the Amaris is not going to realize that it's Tomei because he's going to see it has Ashkacha from the Chavar. Therefore, you can't do it. If, however, when the Chavar made contact with this, it wasn't yet Mokshul Kabel Toma, so it's for sure not Tomei. If it's for sure not Tomei, so then you're not worried. Now, the truth is, there's still a little bit of a chiddush. Why? Because right now it's for sure not tame because it wasn't mukshul kabotuma. But after the um, the tamid chacham goes and he's mafresh tachala, he hands it back over to the amaretz. Why are we not concerned that later it may come in contact with Tumah? Because again, the Amaretz is not careful when it comes to the laws of Tumah Taira, and then it's going to become Tameh. So it's true when it was delivered to him, it wasn't a problem yet. But why are you concerned that after the fact, when you give it back to the Amaretz, then it's going to be Tameh. Then you're going to end up in the same situation. You're going to end up with Chalad, that's Tameh. So to address that, the Brisa continues and says, Umanicha, when the Chavar gives it back to the Amaretz, he takes it and he places it Bekfisha Oiba Anchusa. So exactly what what that is, I'm not 100% sure. But these are some sort of flasks. And the point is, he puts it there in a, a situation where it's going to be protected from not becoming Tomei in the future. When Amaretz comes, he takes it in the Kfisha and the and Neutel Shneim, he takes both, meaning he takes the Chalot that he was mafresh, he takes the rest of it, and there's nothing that you have to worry about. Now, in the course of the Gemara, the Gemara is going to explain what the purpose of the Kfisha and the Anchusa is. We'll just speak it out, Balpen, now. What's going to emerge is two things. Number one is that these were things that people didn't traditionally store dough in. As a result, if you're going to get your challah and the challah is going to be in this funny container, so it's always going to remind you that, oh, I have to be careful with this. I know this is challah, and because I know this is challah, that ma'aretz is not going to touch it. So even though that ma'aretz usually is not careful, but by putting it in a bizarre type of container, like this is, this is going to serve as a hacker, it's going to serve as a reminder. Another thing this is going to accomplish is the kfisha and the anchusa were dvarim that were not makabal And being that these things themselves were not makabal so touching the kfisha and the anchusa is not going to be metamo, the actual kfisha and the anchusa, because they're not makabal Be concerned that maybe you're going to go inside and you're going to touch the challah, the kfisha and the anchusa is going to serve as a hacker. So this is like a double protection. Number one, it itself is not makabal Number two, it's going to serve as a hacker, and therefore in a chashish you don't have to worry about this. So this halacha was said regarding an amaretz that comes to a chavar and he says, here's my dough, here's my wheat, can you please be mafresh chala? What's the halacha? If he shows up with a finished product where it was already mukshul akabal tomo, then we're concerned it's already tome, therefore the chavar can't be mafresh chala. If however it wasn't mukshul akabal tomo, then he could do everything, he could even be mafresh chala, he can even give it back to the amaretz. I want you worried that the amaretz later is going to be matamid, so you put it in the kfisho, you put it in the anchusa, like this you don't have to be concerned. The Brisa tells the same exact story 
but not with someone that knocked on the door of someone that's a baker, that someone engages in challah, but rather somebody came to someone that's an olive presser. It's going to be the same exact story, but we're not dealing with being mafresh challah from dough. What we're dealing with is being mafresh truma from olives. If somebody, and I'm a it goes to a chavar, and he says, here, my zesim, could you please be mafresh truma for me? Do it properly. Can't do it. However, if he shows up with the zesim before they were mukshal and he says, will you please prepare it and do everything that needs to be done, being that it's not mukshal kabotoma yet, in that case, it's okay. He could be mafresh the and he puts it in his own kalim, and when the Amaretz comes to take it, he can take the chuma, he takes all the other zeisim, and we don't have to be concerned. So the Gemara's first reaction to this long brisa is, feels like a chiddush. Meaning, at the end of the day, you're on some level facilitating an Amaretz who is not careful in these basic halachas, and you're potentially setting up a, 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 a situation where a koyin is going to eat truma that's tameh, he's going to eat challah that's tameh. You're giving him truma, you're giving him challah, you know he's not careful in the laws of tameh, you can make a hacker from today till tomorrow. But at the end of the day, there's a real concern, and there seems to be a clear and present danger that at some point this truma, this challah is going to be tameh, this amaretz is going to be very happy to flaunt the fact that, oh, you know who was mafresh my challah? That rabbi, this is Rosh Hashim. So, potentially, you're setting up a little bit of a situation here. So, why were we so make I mean, this feels a little too lenient. So, the Gemara really addresses this question. The Gemara says, The time am I, why do we allow this to happen? I'm Rabbi Yoichin, Rabbi Yoichin, and said, Mishum of the Gabal, Mishum of the Badod. The reason is because we need this year to have a Parnasa. So, this Chavar, who is the one that is busy with the dough, or this Chavar, this Chash of a person who he has a job, who he's not learning, and what does he do? He's an olive presser. So, we wanted to have Parnasa. Also, so it's true, it's a little bit of a chiddush. I mean, we try our best to protect this from not being an issue, but at the end of the day, Kedei Chayev, we looked out for it. And the Gemara says, Vitzricha. And being that the only reason we did this was Kedei Chayev, that's why the Brisa had to be even wordier than it was. It needed to tell me the halacha, Sai regarding the Gabal, he's the one that needs the dough, and Sai regarding the Badad, he's the one that presses the olives. So I think the Gabal, had I only known the halacha regarding the Gabal, I would have thought, Mishum Deloy Nafesh Agre. So you had to be there, but apparently a Gabal wasn't such a lucrative Geschäft, right? It wasn't uh, a way to become rich quick. And as a result, this person had to uh, grind it out, literally. And it wasn't so easy for him to make a living. So I would think that for him, his meager parnasa, we're going to look away. Avobada, the olive pressers, the nafish agre. This apparently was a very lucrative business. He makes a lot of money. Every time you bring him olives and he presses it, the invoice is going to be very, very big. So I would have thought, for that person, maybe we're not going to look the other way. Yeah, Shmin and Bada, and I only had that, known that Allah regarding the Bada, I would have thought, because the Bada, the Alf pressers, as much as this was like a high margin business, and they used to charge a lot, maybe per hour, but they didn't have that much volume. And the reason is because the olive pressing season is, is very, very specific, right? It's seasonal. And therefore, they don't have business every single day of the year. So although it's true when they have business, they're billing. But at the same time, they don't have that much business. So I would have thought we'd look out for them, and therefore we're going to be more partial to them. Avogabal, but as it relates to the neater, even though it's true, he doesn't charge that much money, but the shechle, I mean, every single day, people are baking bread, and they're making challahs, and they're baking cakes. So really, what he has is extremely, extremely shechach. So I would have thought, not shechle, therefore you need it. So apparently, this is like a quality versus quantity. It's eches versus kamos. On the one hand, the gabal 
he doesn't charge that much money, but he has a lot of quantity. He's doing a lot of volume. As opposed to the Badad, he charges big, but he doesn't have the volume. So the quantity is with the gabal. The quality is maybe with the Badad. So I would have thought maybe Kidei Chayev were only partial to one, not the other. And therefore the price, uh, just to make it 100% clear, said that Mishum Kidei Chayev were willing to live a little dangerously just to help a Yid make Parnasa. So the Gemara now, for the next several lines, is going to do a little bit of a deeper dive on this b'risa. So the b'risa said the following, So, this is the case where we allowed the chavr to be mafresh the chala. What was the case? Where the Amarit showed up with his wheat, and it's before the point where it's actually mukhshal l'kabotom. So, the chavr could do his thing, he can prepare it, he can knead it, he could even be mafresh the chala, but he puts it in a kfisha and an anchusa. And when the maritz shows up to take it, he takes it, and we're not concerned. But why are we not concerned? Meaning, why are we worried that maybe he's going to touch it? And if he touches it, he's going to be metamit. So the Gemara says, we tell the amaritz chazi, Listen, in Nagisba, if you're going to touch it, it's going to become Tevil again. Now, it's not true. If somebody touches Chala and he's Tame, the Chala doesn't become Tevil. But we're just trying to scare him. He doesn't know. He's an Amaretz. So we tell him, I want you to know that if you're going to touch it, it's going to become Tevil again. And like this, he's going to be scared to touch it. But the Gemara says, why are we assuming he cares about Tevel? Oh, and by the way, the Amaretz in Shas was always the person that wasn't careful about the laws of Tevel. So the Gemara says, no, this Amaretz we know is careful about the laws of Tevel. How do I know that? Because Why did he show up to the Chavar? Right? He knocked on the door. What did he say? Can you please be Mafish Chala B'tahira? Say, he showed up wanting Afrashas Chala. So obviously he's sensitive to it. Oh, so good. Now we know he's a little bit vulnerable. We know he wants Chala. So good. We're going to play with him a little bit. We're going to tell him, listen, if you touch it, I want you to know it's going to be chala. So in addition to putting it in this funny basket, we also warn him. Again, not true, but we also warn him. We tell him, listen, you touch the chala, it's going to be table again. And like this, we're, can, we're comfortable that this is going to keep him away. Oh, my man. Going back to the bride. So we said, In the case where the person shows up with his zais and with his olives, and he asks the badad, he asks the olive press, will you please take care of it for me? So if he wasn't yet Mukhshal Kabal Toma, he's allowed to do it, he keeping Mafish the Chuma, and he puts it Bekalov Shalchaver. He puts it in his own Kalim. Mukhbam Aretz Lita when the Amaretz comes to take it, Noitalish name, he takes all the Zaysim, including the Chuma. The Inukhaishish will not work. Faith the Gemara, the same question. Why are we concerned that maybe he's going to touch it? Now we just asked that question and we answered it. We said that we warn him and we tell him, I want you to know that if you're going to touch it, it's going to end up being Tevel. But the Gemara is not happy with that Teretz alone. And the Gemara doubles down. And the Gemara says, but still, I'm concerned that maybe he's going to touch it. So the Gemara says like this, Bishloy Mahasam, Bishloy in the case of the Gabal Islay Hekera, there's a hacker. What was the hacker? The hacker was that... We said that it was put in these kalim that they didn't usually store dough in. So being that you're putting it in different types of kalim, so the heker is going to serve as a shmirah. But hoch over here, my heker is like, what heker is there? So the Gemara says, the monach lei beklei glolin, beklei avon, beklei adama. You put it into kalim that are not makabal tomo, and being that you put them into kalim that are not makabal tomo, so you don't have to worry. I mean, what are you worried? That maybe he's going to go ahead, he's going to touch the kalim? 
the kalim are not mekabel tomas. Even if he touches the kalim, he's not going to be metam. So the Gemara says, "Yehoch, if that's the case, my yiru the chaver. Why does it have to be dafka in the kalim of the chaver? Right? The Bryce said you put it in the chaver's kalim, presumably because you want it to be in kalim that atar. But if these kalim are anyways not mekabel tomas, I feel the amaretz nami. You should be able to put it even in the kalim of the amaretz. So the Gemara says, "Hachi nami and hachi nami." That's really what we do. And bekelim shalam ma'aretz haruyin l'shtamish b'mchaver. What we do is we put it in kelim of an ma'aretz, kelim of a ma'aretz that is royin l'shtamish b'mchaver that the chaver could be mishtamish with. Meaning, the point is, it's not kelim of the chaver; it's kelim of ma'aretz that the chaver would be okay using. Ordinarily, a chaver is not going to use the kelim of an ma'aretz. The reason is because maybe it's tamei, but kelim of a ma'aretz. That's not Mikabal Tumah, that a Chavar would be comfortable using, and that case it's going to be okay. The bottom line is, this concludes this Chaluk of the Daf, which was really a, a continuation of yesterday's Daf, which dealt with the laws of a Chavar and Amoritz with regards to preparing different foods. As it relates to today's Daf, it's talking about an Amoritz that goes to a Chavar and seemingly very innocently, almost in a very, very chashavu way, he says, will you please be mafresh challah? I don't know how to do this. Can you do this for me? It's not so posh for the chavr to help him. You would say, why not help another Jew? It seems so obvious you should. No, because there's a chashash, it might be tamed, and then the Amaretz is going to take his challah, his shumatmeh, he's going to give it to a kayin, and the kayin's going to think it's okay because he's going to see it has the shtemple, it has the hashkoch, it has the seal of approval from a, a chash of a person. So he's going to think it's fine. Well, really, it's not fine. So what's the halacha? If you go and it, you bring it when it was already mukshal kabbal tomah, then we assume it's tamay. Once it's tamay, there's nothing you can do. If you bring it to the chavro before it became tamay, so then there's an eitzah. The eitzah is, we can do it, and try as best as we can to make as many shmiras as possible to hopefully ascertain that this will never become tame. Still not something we probably should do, but Mishum, the parnosa of this person, it's something that we're comfortable doing. Either way, we return to the mission. The mission was on Daf Samachal of Amid Aleph, and the Mishnah said, Machzikin Yedei Nochrim B'Shviyas, Avalo Yedei Yisra. So we're all familiar with the laws of Shviyas. A lot of different halachas govern Shvius. One of them is you're not allowed to work in the field on Shvius. The Mishnah feels like it just said a very big Chiddush. It says that if you see a non-Jew working in a field on the Shemitah year, obviously in Eretz Yisrael, you can work with him. You can literally roll your sleeves up, take a shovel, and nemzich to the avoida. If, however, you see a year that you can't do, right? That's what the Mishnah said. Machzik in Yedei Nochrim B'Shviyas. You could be machzik a Nochrim B'Shviyas. Avolo Yedei Yisrael, but not a Yid. So the Gemara says, is that true? But machzik in Vam Rabdimi Bar Shishno. Mishmei the Rab. Rabdimi Bar Shishno. Send the name of Rab. Ein Oydrin Imha Akum B'Shviyas. You're not allowed to work together with a non-Jew in a field on Shviyas. But ain't koiflin shalim lo'evikechavim. Additionally, you're allowed to say Shalom Aleichem to a non-Jew, but in Koiflin Shalom. You can't say it twice. So you can't be over the top. You can say what you have to say, but not too much. But the part of the Brisa that we need for now is the first. Ein Oydrim Amakim B'Shviyas. It says clearly, you're not allowed to work with him in the field on Shviyas. So how could the Mishra say Machzikin Dei Nachim B'Shviyas? Rav said, Ein Oydrim Amakim B'Shviyas. So the Gemara says, like, you have to say that when the Mishnah says Machzikin Dei Nachim, it doesn't literally mean you're going to work with him. But rather, what it means is It means if you see him, you tell him Chazak V'yamatz. You tell him, be strong. You know, Go kill him, right? Be stark. So you're not physically working, 
But you're being mechazikim, and that's what machzikim means. But of course, it doesn't mean to actually work, because the yid's not allowed to work in a field on Shabbos, even together with Oivdei Kechavim. Rav Sheshis Omar, Lohu Rav Sheshis, if he would see Oivdei Kechavim working in a field, he would tell them, Ashras, Ashrasta, or Ashrasa. Rashi says it's a lotion of Chizok. He would say something along those lines, and that's what the Mishnah means when it said. Now, we brought Rav's halacha. Rav said two things. Now, the reason we brought Rav's halacha was for the first thing that Rav said. But we mentioned the first. We might as well talk a little bit about the second. So you could say shalom aleichem to an oivikechavim, but you can't overdo it. You can't be koifel shalom. Now, first of all, why not? And, and really, it's important. This is always a disclaimer. Whenever you see the term Oivekechavim mentioned in Shas, the Oivekechavim of once upon a time, of yesteryear, were pagans. They were literally Oivekechavim. What does it mean to be Oive? To worship. What are Kechavim? Stars. They used to worship the constellations. They were really, really pagans. And as a result, they weren't just treated like people that are not Yehudim. They had a very, very, very special place in halach, and you have to know which halachas in Shas that talk about Oiv Kechavim translate to regular non-Jews, and which are talking specifically about the pagans of once upon a time about the Oiv Kechavim. But either way, the Rav said, Shalom So the Gemara says, Rav Chizda Maktim Rav Chizda, if he would see an Oiv Kechavim, he would make sure to jump the gun before the Oiv Kechavim would tell him Shalom Aleichem. He would tell him first Shalom Aleichem. Why would he do this? So Pashit, he was being very nice, right? He would be mocked and shalom. That's always like a very, very harsh of a thing. But the Marsha says that could be the reason was actually just the opposite. Because if somebody tells you shalom aleichem, so customarily, you're supposed to not just respond, right? You always want to do a little bit better. So if someone says shalom aleichem, you say, oh, shalom aleichem, shalom aleichem, aleichem, shalom aleichem, shalom. So if Chizda didn't want to have to overdo it, so if Chizda would always be the first one to say shalom aleichem, because if David Kachabu would be the first one, he would have to be kaifal shalom. He didn't want to have to be kaifal shalom. Rav Kahana, Rav Kahana also didn't want to be kaifal shalom. So what he would say is, he would say shalom alamah. So instead of saying shalom aleichem, shalom aleichem twice, what he would say is shalom and saying shalom that is the equivalent of doing something that's a little bit excessive, but at the same time not violating Rav's halacha of Ein Koiflin Shalom. The Mishnah continued, and the Mishnah said, So again, Ein Koiflin Shalom, you can't overdo it. But at the same time, you say Shalom Aleichem. You see in Kechavin, you say Shalom Aleichem, even if you don't agree with his way of life, and even if there are things that maybe whatever, but at the same time, this is something 100% you have to do. Now, the Mishnah said, right? And really, the Mishnah said two things. The Mishnah said that and then the Mishnah said what does machzik yidei of the kechavim mean? If you see him working in the field, you machazik him, right? You don't physically work with him. We already established that. But what it means is you give him chizik. So first we said that if you see him working in the field, give him chizik, give him a bracha. Like, tell him, I'm telling you, what you're doing is great. Keep it up. And then we say, and also you should say shalom aleichem. So what's the kasha? If you tell him you can be machazik him, certainly you should say shalom aleichem. Right, you would think to be mechazik is more than saying shalom aleichem. So once we know achzuke mechazikinon, it would seem obvious shayel b'shloimah. Why the mission have to say it? I'm Rav Yeva. Rav Yeva said, "You want to know what the chiddush of the mission is?" That last halach is talking about 
on a pagan holiday. The Tanya went into the bride, so well, you can't decide on the way. Shlavi kechavim yim chagah. Or you're not allowed to walk into the house of a navi kechavim on a pagan holiday. V'yitain loy shalim and give him shalim. Matzal loy b'shok. Let's say he finds him in the street. Nice loy shalim. You can give him shalim, but you do it b'safa rafa. You do it in a like a low voice. Ubekoyved roish and you do it with a certain errant guy with a certain sincerity. But on a, the day of the holiday of the pagans, you weren't allowed to give him shalom alech. Not so pasha. Why? The reason is because on the pagan holidays, the Oivdi Kechavim would worship their pagan, right? It's a holiday. That's what they did. They went to their shuls and they daven and they sang and that was their avoida. Any good thing that happens to an Oivdi Kechavim on Yom Edom, on his holiday, he's going to give this extra over-the-top tefillah to his deity. If you're going to do something good to him, you're going to cause him to do that and you're actually being machshul him in Avodah Zarah. Which is one of the Shevmits Beninach. It's not something that he's allowed to do. So it's for that reason you have to be more sensitive with the way you interact with an Oyv Kechavim on his holiday. Truth is that this idea is the first mission of Masech Tzavayi The first big sugya in Masech Tzavayi It talks about how you treat Oyv Kechavim beyond Edom, You can't do business with them because anything that they have that's you buy something from them, they're going to run and they're going to stop praising their deities. So one of the things you have to be careful is with Shalom Aleichem. If you see and it's Yoyim Edom you would have thought don't say Shalom Aleichem on a regular day of course you say Shalom Aleichem you could even be Mechazakim but to say Shalom Aleichem that I'll be Yoyim Edom oh Yoyim Edom is a whole different deal now you do it in a in a sensitive way you don't walk into his house but if you meet him you do it Pesafa Rafa you do it Bekaifid Rosh the Gemara we end the fifth parak of the Sechtas Gittin with a story Rafun of Rav Chizda Raviyasvi, Ravuna Ravchizda was sitting, Khalifa Azal Geneva. And then Geneva walked by. So this is amazingly the third time that Geneva has been quoted in Masechtis Gitin. Geneva was a person, you don't see his name every day in Shas. But in Masechtis Gitin, we've already had him for the third time. So apparently Geneva was a very, very big Talmud Chacham. But at the same time, he was a little bit of a rabble-rouser. Again, we have to be careful. We're talking about somebody that was very, very chashev. But it seems like he gave some of the Rabbanim, specifically Marukva, the Gemara talked about it on Davzayin and Badalov, a very, very hard time. And the Rabbanim were conflicted. How do you deal with someone like this? On the one hand, he's a big Talmud Chacham. There's so much good. There's so much ire that he brings to the world. But on the other hand, he was a Baumachlikes. So... It wasn't so posh. And the Gemara tells the story. So Rafun of Chizda sitting. And all of a sudden, Geneva walks by. So we don't know who told who. But either Rav Chizda told Rafuna or Rafuna told Rav Chizda. We have to stand up. Why? The Bar knew. A grace of Tamil Chacham is walking by. What do you do when a big Tamil Chacham walks into the room? You stand up. She said, We have to stand up. So the other one, again, we don't know who told who, but the other one said, Well, you're going to stand up for a Balmachlaikis? He's a Balmachlaikis. How can we stand up for a Balmachlaikis? As they're talking and they're trying to figure out, Should we stand up? Should we not stand up? Also, you look at Bayo. He was already there. Right? They saw him coming, and all of a sudden, this big Machlaikis pops up, and they're not sure what to do. In the meantime, can Geneva shows up. Amalahu. So Geneva turns to Rafun Rav Chizda and he says, Shalma Leicha Malki, Shalma Leicha Malki. Tells him Shalma Leicha, and not once, twice. And he, what does he refer to them as? Kings. Shalma Leicha Malki. Kings. Amalahu. Says, We're not kings. You must think that rabbis are kings. He says, How do you know that? Amalahu. It's a passing. He says, Bim Melachim Yim Leicha. It's referring to the Torah. That the people that reign over the Torah are kings. So you see, the Pasuk refers to Melachim as kings. It's Pasuk in Mishlei, Shloim Melech. The king is the one that said this. Amaluhu. 
So they told him, How do you know that when you greet a king, you're supposed to tell him Shalom not once but twice because he was just Kaifal Shalom? How do you know that's the way you greet a king? He told him, I'm Rabbi Rav, Rabbi Huda said the name of Rabbi, How do you know that when you see a king, you say Shalom twice? Because the Pasuk says, and this is a Pasuk in Divri Ayyam, it says, Baruch Lovsha as a Masai, Roisha Sholishim, Lucha, David, the Imcha, and Yishai, Shalom Shalom Lucha. So a Masai is a Navi, the Ruach Lovsha as a Masai is wearing a cloak of Nevoah, and he sees David Amelech and he tells him, Shalom Shalom Lucha. He says Shalom twice. So you see, when you greet a king, you're supposed to say Shalom twice. Amrile, then they told Geneva, Little Mamidi, do you want to eat something? Yes, they were eating. So he said, you want to eat something? Amrile, he said, I'll tell you something else. Repeat the same name of Rav. You're not allowed to eat anything until you feed your behemoth. The Pasik says, the hodder, and only afterwards it says, I'm sorry, I can't eat, and therefore, I'm going to have to abstain. So, we conclude the fifth parak of with this interesting episode, this encounter between the great Rafuna and Rav Chizda and the controversial Geneva. Now, why did we just say this? Because one of the things that emerged from this encounter was that he said, Shalom Aleichem, Shalom Aleichem twice. Oh, we just said something about being Kaifun Shalom. You could say, Even be Shalom Shalom Aleichem to an Ebikachavim, even be in Chagam. But you're not allowed to be Kaifun Shalom. Oh, but to a Melech, here you have a Mais and Shahoya, Kachoya, where Geneva said, and he was quoting Rabbi Yudam Arab, that you're supposed to greet a king not by saying Shalom Aleichem once, but by saying Shalom Aleichem twice. Reading the Gemara right now, I just thought that, why is it that we finish Parakhanah with the story of Geneva? Again, there's a reason. Follow the paper trail. Abafart. Adayin Tzarek Bir. Ulai, Ulai. We spoke out at the end of the sugya of Kamsabar Kamsa from Rab Tzadik. That Rab Tzadik said that the sugya of Kamsabar Kamsa is mentioned in Masechtis Gitin. And in which parak in Masechtis Gitin? It's a parak Hanazakin. And he said that anytime you find an Agadat the sugya in Shas, it's not a coincidence why it's mentioned over there. But there must be some pneumistic connection between that sugya of Agadat and the Masechta in which it's written. So he said that the sugya of Kamsabar Kamsa is the sugya of Churban Beis Hamikdash, Dover Beitay Matayv. And when Hakadosh Baruch who destroyed the base of Mikdash, he sent the Yudin and Golos. Chazal say he gave Klai Yisrael a get. Klai Yisrael is Bas Zugashel HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And when Hashem destroyed the base of Mikdash and sent us away, he literally gave us a get Isha. He divorced us. So where's the sugya of Churban Beis Mikdash? The sugya is here in Masechtas Gitin. And when the Eivishter went and the Eivishter destroyed the base of Mikdash, what did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? He was Mazik. Arba Ovis Nazikin. Shor Bar Maven Hever. It was the Hezik. It was the Ovois Nazikin of Hever. This is fire. He went ahead and destroyed the Beis Hamikdash. And therefore, being that the Ebeshit destroyed the Beis Hamikdash, Ebeshit was a Mazik. So which parak is it in Perak Hanazakin? Because that's the parak that talks about all the halachas. The name of the parak is above a comma the name. It's a parak of Mazik. So the story of Kansabar Kansa was mentioned here in Perak Hanazakin. Perak Hanazakin is the parak, of course, of digressions, of Tikkun Oilam, of, of Darke Shalom. But at the same time, this is also a parak that talks about Churban Beis Hamikdash. And not coincidentally, said Rab Tzadik. Because it's the parak that talks about the Hezek of the Beis Hamikdash in Perak in Mesechtis Gitchen, which talks about the Gerushin between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Knesset Yisrael. Why was the second base of Mikdash destroyed? The Sugya of Kamsa Bar Kamsa wasn't the first base of Mikdash, it was the second base of Mikdash. Why was the second base of Mikdash destroyed? Because of Sinashina. Chavz Chaim said because of Lashon Hara that came from Sinashina. It's because people had Saras Ayin, the Dukin Chabayin, people couldn't fag in each other. It came because of Hanifa, 
All the Rabbanu were present by the story of Kansar Bar and nobody said a word. It was because of these Midas, even on the Senusei Shorabscharya, humility, but humility at a time where you're not supposed to be humble. But primarily, what did it come from? It came from Sinashinim, it came from Lashon Hara. The Gemara says in Yuma Daftes Amid Beis that during the second Beis Amikdash, Yidim were Oiskim Betayra. They were even Oiskim Gmilos Chasadim. But the reason that the Beis Amikdash was destroyed, the reason the Beis Amikdash was destroyed was because they had Sinashinim. The Yidin during the second base Hamikdash were Oiskim Betayra. So Washington Gemara, Yuma Daftes Amid not up for negotiation. But at the same time, there was Machloikis. There was Sinas Chinam. Maybe that's why, not coincidentally, we end Perik Anazakin, which is the Perik of Kamsa Bar Kamsa, with the story of Geneva. This controversial figure, who on the one hand is a Bar Urian, either Rav or Rav Chizda. Either way, I'm comfortable being Saimachan. I'm held, you're supposed to stand up for such a person. And the other held just the opposite. How can you stand up for him? Umikami Palga Nekum? You're going to stand up for someone that's a. That's a Baumachloikis. This is Mamish, this dichotomy that existed in a very, very intense way during Bayashani, maybe a very befitting way to end Perikanazakin. For sure, by the way, a very befitting way to end Perikanazakin with a bunch of takanas that were made in the Pnei Darkish Shalom to show the Chshivos of, of Shalom. Either way, Hadron Aloch Hanazakin. We begin the sixth Perik, and really what we do is we return to our regular program, which is, it's been a while. So literally, 30 days ago, to the minute, we started Perakash Elech. Perakash Elech, which was the fourth Perak of Masechtes Gittin, began with a halacha that was related to Shlichos as relates to Gerishen. And then we went on a 30-day digression, which ended up with Kamsa Bar Kamsa. But the point is, we went away from the Sugis of Gittin. So the first 30 or so dafin of the Masechtes, from Bez until Lamed Bez, was all about Masechtas Gitin. Then we interrupted with all the takanas that were made in the and all the takanas that were made in the Shalom. We now are going to return to our regular program. We're going back to learning Masechta Denan. We're going back to learn Masechtas Gitin. In fact, if you look at the first Toysfiz here in Perika Oimer, Toysfiz goes through the paper trail a little bit for us and Toysfiz quotes Rabbeinu Tam and says that being that we're returning now to Masechtas Gitin, so we're going to pick up where we left off. We're supposed to remember, by the way. So we're going to pick up where we left off 30 days ago, which was not just Gitin, but Shlichus by Gerishin. That's exactly where the sixth parak begins. It begins with laws related to Shlichus of Gerishin. So we have to hazard this a little bit. We're going to go through this a little quicker than we should because it got laid early. Always does. But the point is that a man can divorce his wife by himself by physically picking up a get and giving it to his wife. Or he has the option to make a shleach. He can appoint a shleach. In fact, one of the sources in the Teresh Vapet for shluch shalom is the parish of Gerishin. So a man can make a shleach to divorce his wife. A woman can receive the get by herself. Or if she wants, she can make a shleach to Kabbalah. She can make a shleach to receive the get on her behalf. When the man makes a shleach, he's called the shleach leilach. When the woman makes the shleach, she's called the shleach the Kabbalah. Very big difference between a man appointing a shleach, a woman appointing a shleach. If a man makes a shleach, he says, take this get and give it to my wife. If the husband, the man wants to be chayzer, he wants to back out, he wants to retract, he has a right to do that. That was... Literally, the last halacha of Masechtas Gittin that we learned in the beginning of Parakash Aleich. We're talking about Bittal HaShlichos, Bittal HaGet. If he wants to back out, he could. Why? Because physically taking the get and handing it over to the Shlech means nothing. Nothing happened yet. 
Right? Nothing of any significance took place. And it's for that reason, if he wants to be chayzer, it's something that he has a right to do. If a woman makes a shleach, go receive the get on my behalf, and the husband takes the get and he gives it to the shleach, at that point, if the man wants to back out, or if the woman wants to back out, nobody can back out anymore. The reason is because when the man gives the shleach to the shleach of Kabbalah, it's over. The gerishin is already done. The man's shliach represents the man. The woman's shliach represents the woman. When the man is holding the get, there's no gerishin. So if the man gives the get to his shliach, there's also no gerishin. There's no gerishin yet. You want to back out, back out. The woman's shliach represents the woman. And as a result, when the get, man gives the get to the woman, so shliach, at that point, it's as if he gave it to the woman. Just like if a man gives his wife a get, he can't say, no, something, I, I feel terrible, I shouldn't have done this, I have remorse, I'm out of here a day late, I'm a dollar short. You can't do that anymore. So the same is true, if you give it to her shliach, it's going to be the same exact thing. That's the basic background that we need in order to start this six Mishnah. If somebody goes over to a shliach, who's the son? Someone, Rashi, Habal, the husband, and he says, His kabbal gets alishti. Will you please receive this get from my wife? Oh, gets alishti. Or will you please take this get and give it to my wife? And Ratzalachsa asks, If he wants to back out, he could back out. What's the reason? It's what we just spoke out. It's because this shleich is a shleich lahilacha, and if somebody appoints a shleich lahilacha and he wants to back out, he has a right to back out. What if a woman makes a shleich lekabbalah and she tells the shleich, Will you please receive the get on my behalf? And Ratzalachsa, if the man gives the get, and then she wants to be chayzer, or he wants to be chayzer. Lo yachzer. At that point, you can't be chayzer. Why? Because as soon as you give it to the shliach of the isha, it's as if you gave it to the isha herself. And at that point, you can't be chayzer anymore. Lefichach says the Mishnah. Let's say the woman made a shliach the kabal, and she comes the shliach does to the husband. And the husband looks at the shliach and says, "Listen, I don't want you to be mekabalit, meaning I don't want you to be a shliach the kabbalah." But I'm willing for you to be a shliach So the woman made a shliach, a shliach Kabbalah, shows up at the husband. The husband says, listen, I'm happy for you to be a shliach. I'll give you the get. But not as a shliach Kabbalah, only as a shliach What's the difference? If he gives it to her as a shliach Kabbalah, they're divorced on the spot. If he gives it to her as a shliach they're not divorced until she receives it. So if he says that, then she'll end up being a shleich lohoilacha, not a shleich lekabola, and therefore I'm ratzalachsa yachzer. If he's going to want to back out, he's going to want to be chayzer. It's something he could do. Shem Gamliel, Shem Gamliel said, "Afoi meres toyli gite giti." Even a, a woman that says not his kabbali giti, but she uses the lashon toyli giti, take it from me or for me. And ratzalachsa yachzer. At that point, if he gives a turn, he wants to be chayzer. He's not allowed to be chayzer. And the Gemara is going to discuss the shita of Rab Shem and Ben Gamliel in the Gemara. Either way. The Gemara is going to begin with a discussion. A discussion that was discussed earlier in the Sechtes Gittin on Daf Yudalit. The discussion is whether Heilech is Kisri or Heilech is Lav Kisri. Big Shaila and the Tanoim and the Amoyroim. And the Gemara is going to try to be pushed this question of Heilech Kisri or Heilech Lav Kisri from our mission. So let's just uh, have a little bit of a background. And Afyudal, the Gemara was talking about a man who goes over to a shliach and he says, Take this $100 bill and bring it to my friend. Now, why is he sending $100 to his friend? Let's keep it simple. He wants to give him a gift. So he says, take this $100 and bring it to him. But he used the word Heilech. That was the word that he used. The question now is, could the man, the mishalech, the one who appointed the shliach, back out and say, you know something? What am I doing? Why am I giving him $100? Or can he not? Could you be chayzer? Could you not be chayzer? 
And it's totally in whether the word hoylech is the equivalent of saying the word schi, or whether the word hoylech is not the equivalent of saying the word schi. What's the background? The background is there's a halacha that says zochen la'adam shaloi b'fanov. Zochen la'adam shaloi b'fanov means that a person can be a shliach for someone, assuming it's for his benefit, even if that person never appointed him as a shleich, we assume for sure people want good things to happen to them. And therefore, if you're going to go do something on behalf of somebody else, knowing that objectively, without question, this thing is a schos for that someone else, you can act as a shliach even though he never appointed you as a shliach. Now, the only time, however, that works is if everyone involved is in cahoots. <laughs> so, if somebody goes over to shliach and he says... I want you to be mezaka in this $100 bill for somebody else. For sure, he could do it. Why? I'm happy for you to be mezaka, even though no one ever made you a shliach, that other person, but it's a schoz, as a result, you'll be able to be zaychina. The question is, what if the mishaleach, the person goes over to his friend and he says, Hoylech. he didn't say be mezaka, he said Hoylech. If Hoylech is kishi, so it's as if he said, be zaycha, be zaycha, I'm happy for you to be zaycha with him right now. For sure, this person who's going to be the beneficiary of it is happy for you to be zaycha with him right now. Everybody's on the same page. He'll be zaycha. But if Hoylech is lav kishi, so that means, even though it's a schos, and if I would have said Bizoichetim, he could have been Zoichetim, but I didn't say Bizoichetim. What did I say? I said Hoylech. You know what Hoylech sounds like? Bring it to him. It's almost like I'm saying, don't be Zoichetim right now. Bring it to him, let him be Zoichet for himself. So even though Zachel Adab Shaloi Befanov, and for sure the beneficiary of it wants it right the second, and this guy is, he's happy to just be Zoichet him right now, but I need to be involved as well because it's mine. So you can't be Zoichet my thing right now unless I allow you to. And if I said Hoylech and Hoylech is Lav Kisri, then you wouldn't be Zoichet it right now. So if Hoylech is Kisri, Zachel Adab Shaloi Befanov. If Hoylech is Lav Kisri, then you don't have Zachel Adab Shaloi Befanov. Could I be Chayzik and I not be Chayzik? If Hoylech is Kisri, I can't be Chayzik anymore. You were Zoichet it. If Hoylech is, is, is so then I could be Chayzer because you weren't Zaychen yet it's going to be okay. How does this relate to Gerishen? See, Gerishen is a little bit different. The reason Gerishen is a little bit different because Gerishen is a Chayv. It's not a Schos. And even though Zachen Ladam Shalai B'fanam, you could be Zaychen something for somebody even if he never appointed you a Shleach, but that's only if it's a, without a question a good thing. But if it's a bad thing, then you can't. You can't decide that you're going to give someone a gift. He doesn't know about it. And I'm going to do something bad for him. No. If it's a schos, zachon adam shalai But if it's a chayv, then you can't. Divorce is perceived to be a bad thing. For sure for the woman. And as a result, if a person would decide that, you know something? I know this man wants to divorce his wife. And he's trying to figure out logistically how to get it to her. Let me go. I'll be the shliach on behalf of the woman. I'll receive it on her behalf. Of course not. If the woman makes you a shliach, yeah, you're a shliach Kabbalah. But otherwise not. If the husband makes you a shliach, you could be a shliach le'locha. But then the gerishin doesn't go into fact until you deliver it. But to go on your own, out of the goodness of your heart, to do a good deed and literally get this woman divorced, that you can't do. Why? Because it's a chayv. Zlochen l'adam shalei b'fanov. Ve'en chavim l'adam ela b'fanov. Staying there, if a woman makes a shliach to go ahead now, and be a, a shliach to receive a get on her behalf. So now we know that she wants it. She actually appointed a shliach. So here's the question. You ready? And this is going to be the first half of the rest of the daf, and then the end of the daf will uh, be in your body. So a woman made a shliach the Kabbalah, and she goes over to the man and says, I know you want to give me a get. Okay, I'm here to take the get. 
If the man gives her the get and says, no problem, she is going to be divorced right away. He gave it to Shlich Kabbalah, the Gerishin is going to be in effect. What happens if the husband said Hoylech? He said Hoylech. He used that word. The word he used was Hoylech. So here's the question. If Hoylech is Kishi, if the word Hoylech always means Kishi, so when you're learning, Dafyu Dalit and Sashail of Hoylech Mandalapayani, the word Hoylech means Kishi. Okay, so she appointed a Shlich Kabbalah. Even though it's a chayv, but here she made a shliach, so you don't have to come on to the sugi of zach and ladam shloim b'fanav. He said hoylech, it's kischi, as soon as she gets it, she's going to be divorced. If, however, hoylech is laf kischi dami, so although the woman made a shlich l'kabala, when the man said hoylech, you know what he was saying? I don't want you to be a shlich l'kabala. I don't want you to be zaychin it right now. Even though you, my wife made you a shlich, I don't care. I don't want you to be zaychin it right now. Hoylech, take it to her. And then let her get divorced. I'm saying, is the husband in this case that you're not a shlich l'kabal, I want you to be a shlich l'loch. In that case, he'd be able to be chayzer. So the shayl of hoylech kisri, hoylech lav kisri, which was a sugi and daf it's very, very manifest right here. Again, it's a different case because there was a schos. Here it's a chayv. You would need that the woman made a shlich. But once she makes a shlich, if the husband says hoylech, if hoylech is kisri, then it's shlich l'kabal, she's begurash, she can't be chayzer. If hoylech is lav kisri, it's going to be different. The Gemara is going to attempt very, very hard to be pushed this shayl of hoylech from our Mishnah. So Rav Achabed Rav Avi told Rav Ashi, so he was focusing on the second halacha of the Mishnah. Mishnah said a whole bunch of halachas. What was the second halacha? If a man tells a shliach, his kabbal gets a lishti. Or he tells a shliach, so he's focusing on the hoylech getzel ishti. So what's the halacha? If he wants to be chayzer, he can be chayzer. Because if you say hoylech getzel ishti, or you made him was a shleach lahilacha. If you want to be chayzer, you can be chayzer. So Rabbi the Rabbi told Ravashi, it sounds like the reason if you say hoylech getzel ishti, you want to be chayzer, you can be chayzer, is the loishavisi i shleach lekabal. Because when this shleach arrived on the scene, he had not been a shleach lekabala of the isha. The man went over to him and said, "Will you be my shleach lahilacha?" Hoishavisi i shleach lekabala. But let's say the woman had already made her a shleach lekabal, and this shleach lekabala shows up to the husband, and then he says hoylech. It sounds like rotzalachs loyachsa. Maybe if he wants to be chayzer, he wouldn't be able to be chayzer. Now, this is not Mufurish anywhere in the Mishnah, but it's like a little bit of a diak. It sounds like if someone goes over to a shliach and says, you can be chayzer, a shliach, but if this shliach was already made a shliach Kabbalah by the woman, and then you say, then if you want to be chayzer, you actually can't be chayzer. If that's the case, must be Now, the reason the... Rav Achbeid Rav Avia made this diak, even though it's not referred in the Mishnah, is because he held, and this is what emerges, I think, from the way Rashi explains the Gemara, is if that's not what the Mishnah is saying, then what is the Mishnah saying? Mishnah not telling me a chiddush. If someone says, Eskabal gets el ishni, you could be chayzer. Hoylech gets el ishni, you could be chayzer. Of course, you could be chayzer if you make a shleach loylacho. I know this from the first Mishnah in Perakashaleach. I know this just from knowing this. I don't think that's a chiddush. There must be a chiddush. You know what the chiddush is? Only if the shleach wasn't yet a shleach Kabbalah is. But if the shliach was already a shliach kabola, then hoylech would be kishri. But the Gemara says, I'll tell you the real hoylech is lav kishri dami. Aye, what's the kasha? The kasha is then what's the chiddush of the first part of the Mishnah? The chiddush is the first line. If someone tells the shliach is kabol gedzel ishti, if he wants to be chayz, he can be chayz. So good, I tell you, you know why this is a chiddush? Because I would have thought hoylu ba'al lav bar shav yishlich kabolahu. What was the lashon that the husband used? He said is kabol gedzel ishti. The word is kabol is a lashon of kabolah. Kabolah, the woman's the one that makes. She makes the shliach kabolah. The husband's able to make the shliach loylacha. 
Right? Hiskabel gets elishti, or Hoylech gets elishti. Hoylech is the right word. Shlich Hoylech is the husband. Hiskabel, Shlich Hoylech, that's the wrong word. So I would have thought that the whole Shlichus is not a Shlichus, meaning, Avagavta Matagita Liyadu Lelehavigito. Even when she receives the get, it shouldn't be again. I would have thought the whole Shlichus is gone. Nothing. Kamash Malan, that's the Kiddush, that when he says Hiskabel, it's Hiskabel Vahoylech Kamar. Even though we said the word Hiskabel, it means Hiskabel Vahoylech, and it's going to be okay. In other words, we were making a diak, we were bothered a little bit. What is the Kiddush of the first part of the mission that you can make a shleich leilacha we know that that you can be chayzer after you make a shleich leilacha we know that too oh maybe the chiddush is that hoylech you can be chayzer if she didn't make a shleich lekabal but if she makes a shleich lekabal hoylech can't be chayzer because hoylech is kishidam oh that's the chiddush a major chiddush hoylech kishidam says no the chiddush is something else the chiddush is that if a man tells a shleich his skabel gets out of ishti it's a good lotion of shleich leilacha why would you think not because it certainly sounds like a shleich lekabal kamash malon it's fine so we're going back to try to prove hoylech kishchi or hoylech lav kishchi tonight we learned in our mishnah if the woman said kishchi ligiti and rotz alachs alayachs if the man wants to be we can't be chayzer. My love, presumably, the Mishnah means loishna a kabbalah, loishna a halach. So again, not something that's mafurish, but something that the Gemara feels would make the Mishnah a little bit more gishmak. The Mishnah started that if a man says his kabbal gets al ishti, halach gets al ishti, you could be chayzer. But if a woman would make a shlech a kabbalah, and the husband would give the get, then the husband would not be able to be chayzer. It sounds like both cases that the Mishnah said. The husband could be chayzer in the reisha. The husband can't be chayzer in the seifa. So if the woman makes a shulchan kabbalah and then the husband says his kabbal gets al ishti, or he says hoylech gets al ishti, in both of those cases, if he wants to be chayzer, he would not be able to be chayzer. And if that's the case, it's pretty mafurish that if you say hoylech, she made a shulchan kabbalah, you can't be chayzer, and. If that's the case, you see, Hoylech then is Kishidam, even though it says, Loi Akabala. When the Mishnah said that if she said, Iskabali Giti, the husband can't be Chayzer, it's only when he said, Iskabal gets Alishti. But it could be if he would say, Hoylech gets Alishti, being that Hoylech is a Lashon of Shleach Loilacha, and Hoylech is Lav Kishidami, in that case, if he wants to be Chayzer, he would be able to be Chayzer. The Gemara takes one more crack at it. Toshma, the Fichach, the Mishnah said, what would be if a woman made a shlech kabbalah? She said, She arrives at the husband, and the husband says, Listen, I'll give you the get, but however, I don't want you to be a shlech kabbalah. What I want you is to be a shlech lelacha. This is going to be a pretty good raya. So, what's the lacha? If he wants to be chayzer, he could be chayzer. The only reason this shlech is not a shlech kabbalah is because he said specifically, I don't want you to be a shlech kabbalah. Let's say he wouldn't have said the words efshi. He would have just said, take it. It sounds like him If he would want to be chayzer, he wouldn't be able to be chayzer. So you see, clearly, what's the raya? It's such a good raya. Because in this case, you have a shlech kabbalah, arrives at the husband. The husband doesn't want her to be a shleich Kabbalah. So what does the husband say? I don't want you to be a shleich Kabbalah, rather hoylech. If hoylech itself is lav kishidami, so why does he have to say, I don't want you to be a shleich Kabbalah? Just say hoylech. Must be hoylech is kishidami. But the Gemara says, no, it's not muchach. Why not? Dilma behelach. Maybe we have the wrong gears in the Mishnah. We thought the Mishnah said hoylech with a vav. Maybe really it said helach with a yod. Oh, if it says helach with a yod, it's a whole different word. Helach is for sure is for sure lav kishidami. 
It's for sure Kishidami. The question is, Heilech. Heilech, maybe it's not Kishidami. But being that he said Heilech, and Heilech is Kishi, so the only time if you say Heilech, it's not going to be a Shlech Kabbalah, is if you say Yefshi. So yeah, we will push it that Heilech is Kishidami, but you don't have a Raya that Heilech is Kishidami. Next question. And this next question is an interesting question, not just from a Gittin Daf Samech base, but really in terms of understanding Shlech Kabbalah. Pshit that the Gemara says like this. It's obvious, Ish Havi Shlech Loilach. There's no question that a man can be a shleich leilach. Meaning, if a man wants to point the shleich to divorce his wife, for sure he can make another man his shleich. It's also pshita. Why? She came bal Because the man is a man. So, being that he's a man, presumably his shleich could be for sure a man too. A woman for sure could be a shleich kabal. So if a woman wants to appoint the sheikh for sure, she can make a woman a sheikh. She can get me a because in her classic Irish, and the woman is the one receiving the gets, so for sure she can make a sheikh. Could a man make a woman a sheikh? And could a woman make a man a sheikh? Maybe the one giving the get, whether it's the husband or a sheikh, always has to be a male. And the one receiving the get, whether it's the woman or her shliach, always has to be a female. Interesting, Shiloh. Could a man make a woman to be the shliach? To, so a woman's going to hand a woman a get. Doesn't make any sense. A woman can't marry a woman. So what does it mean the woman's giving? She's a shliach. Maybe she could, a woman can be a shliach. And she's a shliach of the man. So maybe it works. Or can a man be a shliach to Kabbalah? That's the Gemara Shiloh. So the Gemara's going to try to be pushed from our Mishnah. Let's go through this quickly. Tashma, ten in the Mishnah. If somebody says, this Kabbalah gets out of the Ishti. Oyhoilach gets out of the Ishti. First part of the Mishnah. Ratzalach. So the Mishnah first talked about a shleich loylocha. The husband makes a shleich loylocha. He wants to be chayzik be chayzer. And then the Mishnah said, "Each of is kabbali giti." A woman that makes a shleich kabbala and rotsa lachsa loyachzer. Then if you want to be chayzer, you can't be chayzer. My labachat shleich. Isn't the Mishnah talking about the same shleich? He's the same person, man, woman. It's the same person. And the first part of Mishnah talks about him being a shleich loylocha, and the second part of Mishnah talks about him being a shleich kabbala. So you see, the same person could be a shleich loylocha shleich kabbala. Now either he's a man or a woman. If he's a man, so you see, ah, oh, the man could be both, and if it's a woman, you see the woman could be both. If you kashal kabbala, you kashal loylocha. It's all the same. Mishnah says loylocha shleich. Who said it's the same person? It's a nice assumption, but mechatesi, right? If you've ever said mechatesi in your life, this is the time to say. How do you know? Maybe the shliach loylach of the reish of the Mishnah was a man, and the shliach loylach of the next part of the Mishnah was a woman. The one says Tashma, I'll bring you a right from the next part of the Mishnah. Fichach, im omar loy habal ef shishet kabbalo, elohoylech v'tein lo, im ratzo lachso lachso. Oh, this is a good right. Why? Because the Mishnah says that if the woman made a shliach loylach, she comes to the husband and says, I know you want to divorce your wife. Your wife appointed me as a shliach. I'm the agent, power of attorney. I'm going to take care of this guy. And she appointed me to be a shliach le I mean, the second you give me the get, this is over. And he says, you know something? I don't want you to be a shliach le kabbali. I'd rather you be a shliach le So what's the halacha? At, he's a shliach le is the shliach. Or she's a shliach le is the shliach. And if you want to be chayzer, you can be chayzer. Now, this is one person. The person arrived trying to be a shliach le and then the husband said, you know, I don't want you to be a shliach le I want you to be a shliach le What's the problem? This whole case shouldn't start. Because Mamanavshach, if she's a woman, she can only be a shliach le And if he's a man, he can only be a shliach le and you see then that the same person that could be a shleich like Kabbalah could be a shleich like Lacha. Shmami not kasha like Kabbalah, kasha like Lacha. So you see clearly that whoever's kasha to be a shleich like Kabbalah could be kasha to be a shleich like Lacha. So the Gemara says, I hear. Excellent raya. I mean, you can't budge from this raya. Hey, Lacha, you like, no, no, no. We, we, we made a vav into a yud in the last 
Last time we tried doing this, and we were able to get out of a situation. But this is checkmate. But the Gemara says, really, all you can prove from here, let's think this through logically, is one way. You can prove that either the man can be both or the woman can be both. You can't prove that they can both be both. All you see is one. So the Gemara says like this. In Svara, if I knew that either the man can be both or the woman can be both, which one would you think it should be? So it's why. So what was suggested was the man. The question is why. The reason you would say it's the man is because there's a precedent for it. You know what the precedent is? A father is able to marry off his daughter. And not only that, he can be Mikabal Gerishin on her behalf as well. So there's already a precedent for the man receiving a Gerishin. Albeit in that one Mechodesh case for the door. So the Gemara says, Pashem, you know, you could be patient from here, Ish That the man could be a Shleach Kabbalah. Me, you could be patient one. And if you can be patient one, you can be patient, it's the man. Why should you get Because you find already a precedent for it. My, what's the Lacha? What about a woman? Could a woman be. So for sure we proved that a man could be a, a Shleach Kabbalah. The question is, could a woman be a Shleach Kabbalah? So the Gemara said, Amir Murray. Ramari said Tashma, I have a Raya from a Mishnah. Where's this Mishnah? Eons ago. Earlier in the Masechta, when we were learning Gittin, Tavchav Gimel Amibes. The Mishnah said, Afa Nashim She'ena Mano Slemim Beis Baila. Even women that are not believed to say that their husbands died, Namanis Lahavi Eskita. They're believed to bring a get. So there's certain women that are puzzled, Eidos, even Eidosisha, which you have to be pretty bad to be puzzled Eidosisha, because everyone's believed when it comes to Eidosisha. But they're believed to be a Shliach and to say we're talking about women and we're talking about because who says we're not going to but it's so you see clearly that a shliach could be a woman that Mishnah has a safe and from the safe of the Mishnah you could also prove a woman herself a man can give his wife a get and it's possible that she'll have to say what's the case of the whole Amit Gemara earlier in the Masechta that addressed it. But the bottom line is there is such a Mitzvah. And over there, the Gemara said the case was where the woman was a Shleich Leilacha. So here you have the woman herself who's getting divorced was being a Shleich Leilacha. But what do we need? We just need the most simple part of this. That a woman could be a Shleich Leilacha. Shmam, you know, you see from here that a man could be a Shleich Leilacha and a woman can be a Shleich Leilacha. Now what was the Svarah to think now? Nah. We didn't explain the Svarah. It's like a Shmak Gemara. But what was the Svarah to think that a woman can't be a shliach lo'ilacha, and that a man can't be a shliach le'kabalah. So for that, we're going to have to wait for tomorrow's daf. There's a murder right here on the Gemara that discusses what the svarah is to think that only a man can be a shliach lo'ilacha, and that only a woman can be a shliach le'kabalah. But as promised, we're going to go back to the Gemara on Daf Samachamadez, which talked about the Indian of Torah Shabbat. So, last night, we said over Torah, from Hagoyen, Rebruven, Beramosha, Rebruven, Margolius, Zion is safe in its sites, they are, and is safe in Mechkar, Bedarchi, Talmud, who gave us a little bit of the rest of the story, just to be able to, you know, visualize, literally, a little bit better, how Torah Shabbat was disseminated and different nuances that emerge because of the fact that Teresh Ba'peh is no longer Ba'peh, but rather Teresh Ba'peh is, is written. But today, I think it's Kedai to look at it a little bit from a, a deeper, a little bit of a, you say this, a digger perspective. So again, the Akdama is that once upon a time, the Torah 
which of course is one and a singular, was really made up of, of two distinct components. There was the Tereshev Iksav, and there was the Tereshev Apeh. The Tereshev Iksav are the Chamishei Chumshei Torah and the Chof Dalit Sifrei Tanach. And the Tereshev Apeh is what we do. Tereshev Apeh is, is the Pirish, it's the commentary of the Tereshev Iksav. Tereshev Iksav was written by Yibin Soya Aaron, you take out a Sefer Torah, it's all written. Tereshavah was transmitted orally. In fact, there was an Isser, sounds like maybe even an Isser to Iraisa. Dvarim Shabiksav, and Dvarim Shabiksav, and It had to be kept, it had to be done in this specific way. So, two Ha'aris. There's a Mishnah in Pirkei Avis. The Mishnah in Pirkei Avis is in Perigimel, it's Mishnah Ches. Who, by the way, had a photographic memory. If somebody forgets one thing that he learned from his Mishnah, this is scary. He's chayiv misa. So if somebody forgets one thing that he ever learned in his whole life, he's chayiv misa. Remember, the Pasuk says, Rak. Watch yourself. Be very, very careful. To make sure that you're never going to forget your learning. You would think I could talk to all of Mishnah. What if it was something very, very difficult and he just couldn't remember it? It was just very, very hard what he was learning. Oh, that's already different. In that case, it's going to be different. Meaning, the only time a person is high of Misa for forgetting his learning is Acheyeshev, the Mishnah says, he sits for Yesira movie, but he actually tries to forget it. So if you try to forget your learning, that's when you're high of Misa. But if a person just forgets because maybe he doesn't have a good memory or because that's just what we do, we forget. So as a result, in that case, for sure, he's not going to be Mishai Menashe. The Briskorov, Morana Grizz, in Chedushe Moron Riz Alevi Alatayra, this is in Parshas Vaschana. He says that there's a Messiah from his Zayda, Reb Chaim Velozhna. The Reb Chaim Velozhna said that when the Mishnah says that if somebody forgets one Mishnah from his learning, he's Chayef Misa, it was referring Dafka to Torah and Dafka at the time that Torah was transmitted orally. But once Torah was written, in the times of Rabbi Yudan Nasi, because of Eis Lasso, Eis Lashem, at that point, there's no Isser anymore for a person to forget his time. So the Isser, to forget Torah Shabbat is not something that's Noyeg Bizman Hazer. It's a Hilchasol of Mashiach. It's not something you have to worry about right now. Once upon a time, Torah Shabbat was transmitted orally, and then... When they used to learn about Pet, there was an isn't to forget the Teresh of Pet. But today, it's not something you have to worry about. Says the Briskorov, Kedarka. He says, what's the Tifkait? What's the Oymek? So Briskorov says like this, the Oymek Advarim is, there's no isa for a person to forget his learning. Now, Ashrei Misha Balakan V'Tabuda B'Yadai. Right, Rabbi Shobin Levi, he had some outer body experience and he heard in Shemayim there's a baskal that every time an Hashem comes up they scream Ashrei Misha Balakam Tamud how praiseworthy is a person that arrives in Shemayim Tamud which means he knows learning and he has it so this is like one of the Makairis for Chazara Tamud but the bottom line is that the Isser of forgetting Torah is not an Isser that oh I learned something and now I forgot it oh, 
I was over an Esser. So I ate something I wasn't supposed to eat. I was Mechal Shabbos. I was Shechech Tovarechem and Mishnasai. Sinidah is not said the Beskarov. There's no Esser for a person to forget his learning. What then does the Mishnah mean when it says that if someone's Shechech Tovarechem in Mishnasai, I raise a Meschai Benashai? What it means is like this. What it means is that once upon a time, the Messiah was given over Balpeh. There's a Messiah. Moshe Kippel Tayyar Misinai. Messiah Yeshua, Yeshua Liskainim. Nevi'im, Anshay Knesses, Agdoyla, the Rambam and his Akdamat Yad Chazaki worked through the entire Messiah, literally up until his time. The Chazanish took what the Rambam wrote and he followed it through all the way up until his time. But the point is, is that there's an Indian of Messiah. Torah was always given, was always given over by Messiah. And it was given over by Messiah orally. It was given over by Pep. Okay, last night we spoke a little bit about maybe people wrote here and people wrote there, but there was no organized Torah Shebik Sav. It was all about Pep. It was all orally. If a person would forget part of his learning, you know what might happen? We're going to lose the Messiah. This is the Messiah. You're literally knocking off a link that goes all the way back to Maimed Arsina. Something that you didn't have preserved for thousands of years. And we're going to now go, you're going to forget your learning. You're literally playing with the Messiah, with the whole essence of Klai Yisrael. And Dover Echami Mishnase that's forgotten is a loch in the shift. It's literally a pgam in the entire Messiah. So said the Priskarov, that's what Reb Chaim Velazhina meant. He meant that the Isra of forgetting learning, it doesn't mean oh, I learned the Taf Gemara and then I forgot it. Oh, I was over this. That's not true. That's not what it means. Yeah, but that's not what it means. What it means is that if somebody forgets a chilek of the Messiah, so now you're playing, you're chapping with the whole Messiah. If you're chapping with the whole Messiah, this is already a whole different story. And that already is so chamer, I raise a Meschai of Benashe. You can understand why the Mishnah would speak in such harsh terms. Otherwise, it seems a little aggressive, right? I raise a Meschai of Benashe. Terrence says, we're not dealing with someone that just forgot a, a, a halacha, a lumdus that he once heard. You're dealing with someone that's maybe compromising the Messiah. And when you compromise the Messiah, it's a problem. So said Reb Chaim Velazhin, that was all a problem when the Messiah went by Pep. And now the Messiah is on the Svarim Shah. That's what the Messiah is. And being that today it's all written, today you have the Gemara, today you have the Ramam's Mishnah Torah, today you have the Torah with the Bach and the Bess Yosef, you know, today you have a Mechab and a Ramah, and a Shach and a Taz, today you have a Mog and a Ram, you have Chuvitz Chassam Soiv, you have Chuvitz Noi Debi Yudu, you have Igris Moshe. Today we have the Messiah written, and because today we have the Messiah written, so today already if someone's going to be Shaykh, Tover Echami Mishnasai, he's no longer going to be Meschayev Benashay. But the Meskarov is Marchiv on this Indian. And he says, you see from here, from this Mishnah, that there's a kepeda, there's an obligation for a person to make sure that he doesn't chep it with the Messiah. And the Biskarov says that could be, this is Pshad and a Pasuk that we say in Kriya Shema. Every single day, Pamayim Bahava. We say, We say, Hashem And then we say, the things that I'm commanding you right now, these things should be alivavecha. So what does that mean? They should be alivavecha. So the Biskarov said that I believe that what the Pasuk means when it says that hadvarim ha'ela should be alivavecha is sheyiu kisuvim alivavoy tamid v'lo yishkechem. You shouldn't forget your learning. And he says it's an Azara for this Indian. It's an Azara not to forget your learning, which is a Mishnah in Pirkei Yavis. By the way, the Gemara talks about this in Mesechtis Menachis Tav Tzadik Tesom Yudbeis. So it's a Mishnah with a whole Sugi Mesechtis Menachis and it 
the Rebbe Chaim explained that what does it mean? It means that there's an obligation to hold on to the Messiah, to make sure that the Messiah is not going to get lost. And said the Biskurov, it's included in this pasuk. Means it's your responsibility to make sure that you're going to uphold the Messiah as best as as best as you can possibly do. So Biskurov said that it could be. What's the next words? What does Vishinantam Levanecha be? So we know Chazal Darshan from the words Vishinantam Levanecha, Sheyu Divrei Torah, Rashi says, Loshin Chidotu, Sheyu Mechudadim Beficha, Shem Yeshalcha Adam Dover, Loite Hate Sarach, like Gam Game Boy. What's the connection between these two Psukim? The next words are Vishinantam Levanecha, that Divrei Torah should be. Chidud, it should be mamish something on, at, at the tip of your tongue. Because the hey nein advarim. That's what it means. What does it mean, alavavecha? Don't forget your learning. Oh, vishinantam levanecha. You're not going to forget your learning. It's like a hoisaf on it. Don't forget your learning. And it should even be on the level of vishinantam levanecha. He says one more beautiful knesh. Rashi says, what does it mean, vishinantam levanecha? You should teach who? Who's levanecha? Your sons, right? Rashi says, levanecha ilu atamidim. The truth is that vanecha sometimes means your sons. And over here, anyways, Rashi teaches that vanecha means the Talmidim. How did Rashi know vanecha here means Talmidim? So Biskarov said, because what's the Pasik saying? Vishinantam levanecha. What is the Pasik? The Pasik is saying, Don't forget Torah. Don't forget Torah Shabbat Uphold the Messiah the way Rabchaim Velazhin explained it. What do you do with it then? Vishinantam. Yeah, it should be sharp. You should know it, Clark. But literally, Vishinantam means you should teach it. Who are you teaching the Messiah to? To your children? I don't know. You know, you're teaching it for short to your Talmudin. Right, the Messiah went, not father to son. That also. But Moshe Kibbal Torah Misinai Umasarah Not every father is qualified to teach the Messiah to his son. Not every father is qualified. Not every son is qualified. But there always has to be a Messiah. And the Messiah goes more from Rebbe to Talmud than from father to son. So this Pasuk, which is the Azara of Shikhas HaTorah, which is the Pasuk that talks about upholding the Messiah. So if we're talking about Shikhas HaTorah, we're talking about upholding the Messiah. So what's the Azara? The Azara is Veshinantam Levanecha. What's Levanecha? Levanecha is Elo HaTalmidim. Either way, this is what's happening here in this Briskara. Briskara Shtal Suha Gemara Mesech the Saita will post it as a related rabbi. But the Gemara is in Saita Daf Lamed Zayin Amad Aleph where the Gemara over there talks about every single mitzvah there were four covenants that were associated with every single mitzvah. Mark says even more than that. But every single mitzvah, 613 mitzvahs. So when the Yidin got the mitzvahs they were told, Lema, you have to learn the mitzvah. Lelame, you have to teach the mitzvah. Lishmar, Protect the mitzvah, the last is to do the mitzvah. Lilmoid, learn. Okay, that's easy. Lilamid, we understand what that is. Lassois, do the mitzvah. Straightforward. What does Lishmar mean? So, Biskarov, and again, we spoke about this in Saita Daf Lamadzain. He brings from the Marsha. Lishmar means don't forget the mitzvah. Remember it. What does it mean, remember it? So, Pasha, okay, don't forget the mitzvah. Well, don't forget the learning of the mitzvah. But it's more than that. It's uphold the Messiah. There's a Messiah, and every single mitzvah needs to go over the Messiah. So there's an element of Lishmar, from the mitzvah. This Indian of At the end of this priest, the Briskarov says, Shuv Matsasi, I found that this that Rabchaim Velazhina said is Mefurish in the Vilna Gai. Which, by the way, is Gishmat, because who was Rabchaim Velazhin as rabbi? He was the Vilna Gaon. But he says, I found it in the Vilna Gaon. The Vilna Gaon, in his Pirish on Yerushalmi, 
Mesechtes Peya. So the Pasik says, and this is really the topic of the Gemara, Gittin Daf Samachomed Beis, Ke'alpia Dvarim Ha'ela, Karati Itchabris. And the Gemara says there was a Machloikis between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Yudab Rabbi Shimon had to understand this Pasik. So I'll say over this, one of the two Pshatim, the Charona Omar, Charona means the other, so we don't know who said what, but Charona, the other one, said that this is what the Pasik means. It says, Ke'alpia Dvarim Ha'ela, Karati Itchabris. Im Shomarta Masha Bepeh, if you're shamar to masha bepeh, the kiyam to masha b'ksav, atam mekabel schar, the mlad in atam mekabel schar. This is the Yerushalmi. Im shamar to masha bepeh, the kiyam to masha b'ksav, atam mekabel schar. So what does it mean? Im shamar to masha bepeh, the kiyam to masha b'ksav. Listen to the Vilna Goyen. Bekitzur l'shoinai. Im shamar to masha bepeh. Pirish. Shemar shabepeh tzarech lishmar oisom shalo yishkach. What's prepared, you have to watch to make sure you don't forget it. V'kiyam t'mash ha'biksav. Pirish. Sh'mash ha'biksav. E'no y'tzorech e'lo l'kaimoy. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mash ha'biksav. At t'zorech lishmar sh'lo yishkach. Im sh'mar t'mash ha'biksav. But mash ha'biksav says the guy. E'no y'tzorech. You don't have to watch it. You know what you need? Is e'lo l'kaimoy. Said the briskerov. Hein hein advar. It's the whole shtickle. Tereshav al-peh. You can't forget. The Isser of Shikhas HaTayr, like Rabbi Chaim Veloshina said, was only on the Torah Shabbat Because the Isser is not to forget learning. The Isser was to forget the Messiah. And being that the Torah Shabbat was the only Chalik of the Torah that was given over the Messiah, so it was only Negei of the Torah Shabbat And by the way, it was only Negei once upon a time, before Torah Shabbat was written. But once Torah Shabbat was written, at that point, this wasn't going to be an issue anymore. So the Isser of remembering that's only the Gary Tarish Vapet. And by the way, what's the Lushin? In Shamarta Mashabapet. Sarah Lishmar. That's the Gemara Saitid Aflamatayan Amaralov. Lumar do Lamed. Lishmar Velasis. What's Lishmar? The Marshal said Lishmar means don't forget. Lishmar, watch it, protect it. What are you protecting? Protect the Daf Gemara that you just learned? Protect the Messiah. That's what you have to protect. So when it comes to Tarish Vapet, it's an Indian of Lishmar. When it comes to Tarish Abiksav, Ain't sarich el That you don't have to watch. All you need to do is you have to make sure that you're going to watch. That's the first R. Second R is along that. The second R is is that Baruch Hashem, we had the schos so far throughout the Masechta to speak out a lot of Torah from the Hilo Gikzoy Sachoshen. The Gikzoy Sachoshen in his Akdama. This is in the Akdama Gikzoy. This is like Nifla. It's not much gavalt. So the Akdama in his Gikzoy, he talks a little bit about the Indian of Torah Shabbat and it's very, very long, and obviously we're not going to go through the whole arichas, but just one excerpt from this ksais, maybe two excerpts, but one excerpt for sure from this ksais. There's a medrash. This medrash is a classic. It's in, it's in Parshish Bereshis. The medrash says as follows. Omer Rav Simon. Rav Simon said, Kodesh Baruch came to create man. All the they ganged up. Literally. They came in groups and chaburas. Mehem, I remember those that said, Al Yivra. Hashem, don't create man. Umihem, I remember Yivra. And there were those that said, No, I think it's a good idea. Create man. Hadol Dukhsev, that's found the Pasik. It's a Pasik in Tehillim. Chesed ve Emes Nifgashu. Tzedek ve Shawim Nashaku. What does it mean? Chesed ve Emes Nifgashu. There was a Pikisha. There was. Chesed and Emes, they got together. Chesed and Chesed said, Yivra. Create man. Why? Because man is Goymel Chasadim. Right? Man is Goymel Chasadim. Emma said, Al Yivra, Shakulo Shkarim. 
Because man, although he does good deeds, but he's sheker. Tzedek oime yivra, shu oise tzedakais, the shaloim oime al yivra, the kulei ketata. It's amazing. Man is all of chesed, he's chesed, but he also fights. Man is tzedek, but there's also sheker. Ma'os HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it's what the Ebesh to do, not al emes. He took emes, v'shlichay la'aretz, and he threw it to the ground. Hadol d'chziv, that's p'shan, the Pasuk, that says, v'tashlech emes, emes aretzah. The Ebesh took eretz, threw it to the ground. Oh, Malach Yishos, me'a Kodesh Baruch Hu. So Malach Yishos told Hashem, Reboino ilomen, ma'atam evazah, tachsis al t'chsayyusholcha? English. You're taking your treasure, emes, and you're throwing it to the ground. Tala emes min aretz. I think eretz needs to come up. Hadol d'chziv, the Pasuk says, emes me eretz titzmach. That one day emes is going to sprout from the ground. As you do the Kotzke said, that the Val licked the snach in the But he said, one day emes is going to come out from the aretz. And that's this medrash right here in Parshish Parashish. This medrash is in the vernacular, a medrash plea, right? It's a wondrous medrash. It's a medrash that requires being. <laughs> he says that why was the world created? The world was created for Tyra. Bereshis bar elikim as hashemayim v'saretz Rashi and Chumash Chazal say Bereshis b'shvil ha-Tayra shenikra reishis The tachlis of Briyas ha-Oilam was for Tyra and that's why they eventually created the world and the Ktsayis quotes Zayra Kaddish after Zayra Kaddish that talks about the Simcha that a Kaddish Baruch Hu has in Shemayim when a person learns Tyra it's not Shaykh it's, it's, it's Geval the Simcha that Hashem has when a Yid sits and a Yid learns Tyra but there was a problem you know what the problem is it's very hard for a person to be mechavan to the emes of Tyre. It's above our pay grade, let's be honest. So how is a person supposed to sit and learn Tyre and harder than learning and have the confidence that he's going to come up with the emes of Shad and learning? And if a person learns Tyre and he's not mechavan to the emes of Tyre, then maybe he's actually defiling the Tyre on some level. Imagine you're, you get up, to read a document and you butcher it and you get it wrong. I don't know. Maybe that's disrespectful to the Torah. I don't know if it's so posh. Maybe on some level a person has that respect for the Torah. So when Hashem came to give the Torah, there was a battle in Shemayim. Chesed said, yeah, give the Torah. The Yidin are going to learn Torah and they're going to bring Chesed. They're going to exalt. They're going to elevate the world. But Emma said, the Yidin are never going to get it right. Who could be mechavan to the emes of Torah? Torah has so many levels and, and layers of understanding. How is it possible? How are we supposed to be comfortable that a yid's going to be able to sit down and learn Torah, be mechavan to the emes? And if you're not going to be able to learn Torah properly, then I don't know, maybe it's not going to work out. So what did the to do? The Eivishta took Eretz, v'tashlech emes arza. He took Eretz and he threw it to the ground. What's the oimek? So we're going to do this fast. Says the Ksois, the oimek is based on Torah that the Ran says in a drasha. Not once, twice. In the drasha Saran, you can look it up. Kedai. It's in Drush Zion and it's in Drush Yod Aleph. In two of his drushes, two of the sermons of the Ran, the Ran said over this Yisai. And it's really based on a whole bunch of different Gemaras. But the principle is a principle that we know. And that is Torah Loi B'Shamayimim. Right, we know Torah is Leib HaShamayimi. What does it mean Torah is Leib So the Gemara tells the story with Rebbe Liezer. The Gemara in Bab Metziyat Aftun Tess with the Tan Rachnoi. And Rebbe Liezer said one way, all the Chavans said another way. And Rebbe Liezer starts making moifsim, literally this thunder, this lightning, things are flying, this water flowing, the walls of the base Medrash are coming down. And finally a Paschal came out and said, Halacha ke Rebbe Liezer. The Halacha is like Rebbe Liezer. And what did Rebbe Yeshua say? Okay, that a Baskel said that Allah is like a Blaze. I'm not impressed. Hey, Mashkich, I'm a Baskel. What do I care? Tyre Loi Bashemai. What does that mean, Tyre Loi Bashemai? If the Baskel said that Allah is like a Blaze, that means that Allah is like a Blaze, right? Shouldn't that end the conversation? That Allah is like a Blaze. Hey, Mashkich, I'm a Baskel. 
I thought the idea is to learn Torah to try to know the Emes. So if the Baskel said that the Allah is like Rebbe Liazza, so we know what the Emes is. If we know what the Emes is, so why is this a problem? So we know the truth. So this shouldn't be an issue. Another Gemara. It brings out even more. The Gemara says, Rabbi Bar Nachmeni, the great Rabbi, right? The great Rabbi, Rabbi Yosef, Balpluk, the Rabbi's Rabbi, Abayi's Rabbi, one of the greatest Amir Rabbi of all time, Rabbi. So it came time for Rabbi to pass away. And Rabbi at the time was a fugitive. The Persians wanted to kill him. The Gemara tells a whole story about Metzir Apehe. And the Gemara says that all of a sudden, Rabbi has this little uh, this vision of some sort. And he sees that in Masifta, the Rakia, in Shemayim, there's a machloikis. They're learning Masechtas Nagan, and they're discussing a certain Baheres, a certain uh, Nega, and the halacha is that this nega sometimes is tar, sometimes it's tummy. It depends if, if the white here that the nega had preceded the baharis or came after the baharis. What if it's a suffix? It was a big machlokes. Hakadosh Baruch Hu said tahar. Everybody else said tummy, and they are sitting around. They said, okay, we have to be machria. I mean, the Eved says tar in the Masifta the Rikia and all the 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 Bati Midrashim and Shemayim. They all think tummy. Someone needs to. So they said man noichach. Who should be machria? So they said Rabbi used to say. Ani Yochid bin Nagam. There's no one who knows Nagam as good as I. Not me, quoting Rabbi. Rabbi said, Ani Yochid bin Nagam. So let Rabbi come and let him tell us Talacha. And they ask Rabbi, and Rabbi says, Tahar like Hashem. So says the Ran, I understand. If Hashem said it's Tahar, that's the end of the conversation. Why are we asking Rabbi his opinion? It doesn't make any sense. Says the Ran of Dover Nefla. The Ran says, You know what means? It says, when the Ebishter took the Torah and he gave it to us, he didn't just say, go try to understand the Torah. The Ebishter gave us the power to determine and dictate what the MS of Torah is. And whatever the Chachomim think is the MS, that's Koiveya what the MS is. The MS is not what the MS really is. The MS is what the Chachomim think the MS is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu said Tahar, but doesn't mean Tahar. It could be it's Tomei. Because if in this world we're going to be Machriya Tomei, based on Rav, based on the logic and the reasoning that we have available to us, the Haloch is going to be Tomei. The Emes is not the Emes. The Emes is what we perceive the Emes to be. Perception is reality. The Emes is what we think is the Emes. So just because HaKadosh Baruch Hu thinks Suffolk Tar doesn't mean Suffolk Tar. So how are you going to resolve it? There's one way to resolve a Shiloh. How do you resolve it? You have to ask someone in this world. So he said, who in this world will be able to be Machria? Who's the Rav? Who's the Shishiva who can come and pass in this Shiloh? They said, Rabbi Barnachmeni said, Ani Yochim in a gun. So they asked Rabbi Barnachmeni, he said, Tar the Yatsanishmas Batai. That's how we pass away, saying the word Tar. But the point is, we needed someone from this world. Rabbi Leezer said, His Allah Batan Rachnot. And the Baskal, if the Baskal said it, it means Hashem said it. Baskals emanate from Hashem. But nobody was impressed. Because just because in Shemayim they say the Emes is like Rabbi Leezer, doesn't mean that the Emes is really like Rabbi Leezer. That's the oimik. That's the oimik of Torah Leib HaShemayim. So said the Ktsois. There's a Ktsois. Said the Ktsois. Emes and Chesed Nifgashu. Chesed said create the world. There's going to be so much Chesed in the world. You're going to create a world of Torah. Torah is going to elevate. It's going to be Meroimim the world. There's going to be so much. But Emes said, but what do you mean? People are never going to be able to learn Emes. How are you going to be Mechavim to Torah's Emes? You know what they did? 
He took MS and he threw it to the ground. You know what the oymik of that is, says the Ktois? Hashem said, the MS will not be what we think the MS is. The MS is going to be what the rabbis think the MS is. And if someone's going to learn Torah, and he's going to try to understand, and he's going to think of a Chiddush, that Chiddush will be MS. But maybe it's not MS. But if he thinks it's MS, if he said this Chiddush, and he has logical reasoning, that's Koiveya that it should be MS. Said the Ktois, that's Pshan in the Gemara, that the Gemara says that when Moshe Rabbeinu went out to Makabal the Torah, Kaddish Baruch showed him Kol Masha Talmud Vasek Asad Lechadish. He showed him every Chiddush and every Talmud was ever going to say. What does it mean he showed him a Chiddush? That means one day, Mamish today, in Tavshin Pei Gimel, someone's harvesting and learning, and in today's daf, he's going to say a Chiddush. Moshe Rabbeinu saw that Chiddush. It doesn't make any sense because Mamadavshach. If it's Emes, then it was included in Moshe Kibbutz Torah Misinai. And if it's not MS, why would Hashem show it to Moshe? The Teretz is, it wasn't included in the Moshe Kibbutz Torah Misinai in the sense that it was MS in the, in the abstract sense. But to the extent that a Talmud would be Mechadashit, that Kufa makes it MS. Because the Eivish that gave us the ability to say MS. And if we work, and the Ketani says what the Gdarim is, a person learns and he tries and, and he goes on a Derech Yashar, his Torah is considered, he's definitely not being Mechal the Torah by learning. This is his search for MS. And he has the ability to be Mechadish Torah and his Torah can be MS. And that's the Talmud. went to take the Torah. He said, that's Fatashlech MS Arza. And that's the oimik of emes me eretz titzmach. Emes comes from the eretz. That's where it comes from. Hashem took emes from Shemayim. He put it down in this world. This is what the says. So Zok he throws in one line. That's why we're talking about this right now. He says, that's the oimik of Teresh Baal being Baal It's so tief. It's so gewaldic. He says, what's the, what's the oimik advarim? He says, the oimik advarim is, he says, if you want to find, where is ter- what is Teresh Baal Teresh Sav is something that's an absolute truth. It's an absolute truth. You go to the Arankaydish, you go Psicha, you take it out, you open it up, and you see Vos is the Teresh Sav. Where is it? Where is it physically? It's in the Arankaydish. If Teresh Sav would have been written, and Hashem would have given Moshe Rabbeinu, here's the Teresh Sav so the Teresh Sav the Metzius of the Teresh Sav the Amitos of the Teresh Sav would have been the words Vashtet. But being that the Teresh of Apeh was only transmitted orally, so where is the Teresh of Apeh? Where do you find Teresh of Apeh? Okay, today it's in the Svarim Shan, unfortunately. But the way it was supposed to be in a perfect world, where would you find the Teresh of Apeh? It's in the Seichel of the Yid. It's in the Lev of the Yid. Because that's where the Emes of the Teresh of Apeh is. The Oymik Advarim is, is that the reality of Teresh of Apeh is what the Talmud Chacham thinks the Teresh of Apeh is. This opens up a little bit of an understanding of Elu Ve'elu Diverli Kimchaim. But the bottom line is, how could there be two things that are true? How could Beishamay and Beisil both be true? How's it possible? Right? It's, it's either one or the other. The Teretz is because there's no absolute emes. The emes is, is, is emes me'eretz titzmach. It's our understanding of it. That's what's kaveya emes. And if that's the case, there could be an elu ve'elu divelu kimchat again. We don't want to take this too far, but the bottom line is, this is the Yisai, v'ashteton, k'tzai sachoshin, v'zakdamo. Just to end, the k'tzai sphere's eyes. It's just worth hearing the last paragraph. He says as follows. He says, 
He said, I worked very, very hard. Again, we're talking about the Akdama to the Ktois, so let's just finish it, right? So he said, this was the other excerpt that we said we weren't going to speak out. So he said, I, I worked very, very hard on this keyboard. He said, I worked very, very hard on this safer. This line may come as a surprise. But then I saw the Sefer Urim V'tumim was printed. Who wrote the Urim V'tumim? Rebellion Sanayibishetz. And I saw that he wrote a beautiful Sefer. So the Ketzeis HaChayshin is a Pirish HaChayshin Mishpat. The Urim V'tumim, which was written by Rebellion Sanayibishetz, was also a Pirish HaChayshin Mishpat. And I, he, I said, I saw his Sefer was unbelievable. Avarti al Kuntresim Shali said, I went back to my Chibur, the Kolmashem Otsasi Mehem Besefer Haniskar, Havarti Kumasala. He said, anything that I was Mechavin to the Urim Vatumim, if I was ever Mechavin to Rabbi and Abishas, I crossed it out of my countries. Amazing. He said, anything that Rabbi and Abishas wrote, I crossed out. The Agav, then he says, I saw there were certain things I disagreed with, so those things I kept in, and I argued with him. But the bottom line is, he said, he went and he Mamish edited the Ktsois when he saw the Urim Vatumim came out, which was unbelievable. Then he says, that really the purpose of my Sefer is to Halacha. And you forget the Ketzeis is a Halacha Sefer. But really, the purpose, he said, right, like the Rambam is a Halacha Sefer. Not Lambda Sefer, it's a Halacha Sefer. It's a lot of Lambda's there. But, you know, you forget sometimes that uh, the Ketzeis is a Halacha Sefer. He wrote a Pirish HaChayish But he said, I threw in Pilpul. And he says, the reason I threw in a lot of Pilpul is, Ki Chidushe Torah Ro'i Liyos Mechudur Umesulsa. Because Chidushe Torah has to be beautiful. Kedichsev, like the Pasuk says, Sausaleu Usrei Memeko. It's a pasuk in Mishlei. You have to be masal solo Torah. So what does it mean? Sal salel usrei mimekav. Amru b'shas. The Gemara says lo yhabi yadi rabbanan my sal salel. Rabbanan didn't know what sal salel means. Adavi shami amsa the Rebbe until they heard the maid servant of Rebbe. The chazdi lahay gaver to come a hapech b'mazim. She saw a man who was combing his hair. Amru lei and she told him admasay atem masal sol b'sayrich. Says why are you playing with your hair so much? So Rebbe sees this man who's curling his hair. And he said, why are you curling your hair? So when the Chachamim heard her say that, they said, oh, now I know what the word Salsalel means. You have to curl it. You have to make it beautiful. So it says the Ketzeis, Bring the Chedushay Torah comes from the highest of the high and the holiest of the holy. Therefore, it has to be beautiful. Torah, and specifically Chedushay Torah, has to be shamed, said the Ketzeis. And the Ebesh, the desire of says, is besimcha when this pilpul day raisa. That's what the Pasuk means. Salsaleu usreimim echel. Salsaleu bechidushim. You should be mesaus of the Torah. You should beautify the Torah with chedushim usreimim mecca. And by doing that, you're going to be meraimim the Torah. So, when you learn ktsais, every single ktsais we learn, we say this, come out, right? But, it's just so gishmak. The simchas ha-Torah, the chedvesa dairaisa, it jumps off the pages of the ktsais. That ktsais in his Akdama talks about this. And he says, I knew this, and I went into this hinani muchanam zuman. He went into this l'shem yichud kutsu berichu to make it gishmak. He wanted it to be gishmak. He said, because that's chet v'sadai raisa and there's an obligation sal soleu sremimekko. Just like that person who was playing with his hair and making his hair look very, very nice. That's this Indian. And then he ends with one line. I almost fell off my chair when I read this. The karos nishem achibur azek tzoy sachoshen. He said, I call the most famous sefer ever in yeshiva's tzoy sachoshen. So why is the sefer tzoy sachoshen called tzoy sachoshen? Why? Little drum roll. Why is it called Ksai Sachayshin? So, there's two reasons. Number one, Al Shemin Yanai. Al Shemin Yanai. Talks about Chashim Ishpat. 
Right? That's Pashup Shat. The Gam, we said there's another reason. What does he mean? What is Kfutsoisov Taltalan? We just had it last week. The Gemara told the story that Rabbi Shobachananya was in a Krach Echad Beroimi, and he heard that there was a child that was taken into captivity. So they told him that this child that was taken into captivity, Yefei Nayim, he has beautiful eyes. He's very handsome. He has dreadlocks. He has hair that looks mamish. It's, it's not Shayek. This is the most handsome kid. Where else did we have? We had it in Nedarim Daftes Amadez. It's also Gemar Nazir Daftal Ramadez. Tanya, Amashim and Atzadik, Miyomai, Loyachalti, Oshim Nazir Tome, Elopam Echad. But there was a Nazar that came from the south. It's what the maid servant of Rabbi saw that person doing when he was playing with his hair. He was making himself dreads. He was making himself look nice. So the Ktsai says, You want to know why I named the Sefer Ktsai Sachoshin? Number one, I'll shame in Yonai. Koyin. It's not Chayshim Mishpat, but Ktsois is Miloshim Kfutsoisov. It's Kfutsoisov Sturis like Taltalim. Because there's a mitzvah to Bashem the Torah. And Chazal used that as a mosh, as a metaphor. For Shemkai, the spitz handsomeness. The most beautiful thing in the world is Kfutsoisov Sturis like Taltalim in the words of Chazal. And therefore said to Ktsois, I'm naming my Sefer Ktsois Chayshim. Miloshim Kfutsoisov Sturis like Taltalim. It's unbelievable. So the Ktsais was called Ktsais because of the Geshmak. That's why he named it Ktsais. Ktsais knew he, that the, he was writing a Geshmak Sefer, apparently. He wrote it in the Akdava. He knew the Chedvis that was going to come, Mamish, for hundreds of years. I'd be a Skyled But either way, just a little bit of the rest of the story as it relates to understanding Teir Shabbat the Tifkai of Teir Shabbat It's a get of Emes Me'eretz Titzmach and the rest of the story of why the Ktsais Achoshin. It's called Ktsai Sachosh.